stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Holy testicle Tuesdays, Batman. Daniel Ricardo just stole another Grand Prix. Send Welcome me. back to Motorsport 101. City apologise for that awful interjection from Ryan King. He's just blurring the entire tone of the podcast. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode 133 of Motorsport 101. Um, I'm your friendly neighbour, that's Mr. Andre Harrison, and we are back at it once again to talk about the Chinese Grand Prix very, very shortly. But in the meantime, we have to introduce this four-person panel, as always. Mr. Ryan King is here. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. I was just at the post office. It was, it was a breathtaking experience. Also, don't mail things to the Netherlands. Just don't. Um, I'm going to regret asking this, but why do you don't want to send mail to the Netherlands? Uh, let's just say their po- their postal service is unreliable. It, it's it's very iffy if if your you know packages will ever reach their destination. Ah, I see. Got got lost in the shot. Got lost in the sidepod. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that can be a problem, right? Also here, Nashville's finest, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hi. Yes. Good afternoon. Uh, hockey playoffs to start off again as of April seventeenth when we're recording this podcast. My beloved Nashville Predators are up two one in the first round of the uh, their series against the Colorado Avalanche, a team that much like America Online was very big in the mid nineteen nineties and then stopped being relevant right around two thousand one or something. Now, King, um, how are your beloved New York Rangers doing in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, oh. I'm not sure. I, I I don't believe that they're uh, below par on the golf course yet, but. But hopefully they'll get there by the end of the playoffs. Yeah, if they if they get a if they get below sixty two strokes, they get a free game. Free game. Also to also to just continue the uh, the mailing analogy, um, I'm just content sending all my packages to Spain. Uh, they could get there uh, really quick and in perfect condition, or they could get there busted and in a million tiny pieces, and that's fine because I have no reason to change. <laughs> Sorry, the only Spanish package is currently being busted by a slightly sexist German in yellow. Um, sorry, Carlos. Um, <laughs> also, in the, in the Scottish camp, as always, and resigning from her beloved sin bin, it's Zoe Hamilton. Yes. I have returned from the land of Jim Clark. My body is cleansed. How- <laughs> cleansed? It was always cleansed. You only mention him almost every time you're on this no, show, Zoe. It's not worth mentioning. It's another thing, actually, like... I haven't been to that place since I was 18, and it's just right. so good. It was just... Was, was it like that scene in The Simpsons where, like, Ned Flanders just holds his hands together and goes, Hey, God, it's me, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the sun the sun just comes down from the sky and everything is perfect. Um, <laughs> see how I mentioned previously, like, I hadn't seen The Simpsons movie? Let's expand that to, I never really watched The Simpsons. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Get the fuck out. Are you, are you at least familiar with the steamed hams meme that's going around? I, I've seen it. Most of my knowledge of The Simpsons is due to, like, gifts. 
and memes. I have That's no... entirely understandable. Um, a uh, a bumbling uh, principal. Uh, are we school... really explaining the Steam Cams <laughs> meme in, in, in this podcast? Like, just... are, are we actually doing this? I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that a principal, a bumbling te- a school principal, um, trying to cover up the fact that his house is literally burning down is a perfect analogy for the Williams 2018 campaign. <laughs> yeah, true. Very, very, very true. Uh, SMP racing at this time of year, in this time of day, located entirely within your paddock. Oh, may the good Lord help us all. Oh my god! It's like we, we we just had a steamed hams reference on this podcast. Like like, uh, is this meta? Are we are we in twenty eighteen officially now? Yeah, we're, we're well, I guess you, I could I guess you could say there there was a steamed ham on the grid because he's losing ground to Sebastian Vettel. Whoa! I'll see myself out. <laughs> Everybody but me gets in the sin bit. Everyone. But <laughs> in there for everybody. You're like you're all busted. I'm starting a new podcast with all our new Patreon backers. Drake, can you lotties. open the sin bin? I, I gotta no. go to the bathroom. <laughs> that is a nice tall glass of not my problem. Right. But I well, didn't have to go then. <laughs> I don't care. We just drove past the rest stop. Um, in the meantime, while RJ finds a way to relieve himself, uh, let's find a quick place you can find this again. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport one. There is a brand new highlight video up as well. Thanks to our good friend, Nor the Dragon, for sorting that one out for us on the Twitters. Um, follow him on there if you haven't already. He's an excellent league racer and he has any excuse to plast his logo all over his race cars. I, I have no problem with this whatsoever. Um, it's all about Haas and their 2018 car being investigated. It's a good fun time indeed. And thanks everybody for getting us past 1,700 subscribers on there. You're very patient with us and for that I applaud you. Thanks guys. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101. We are on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And if you want to follow our personal handles, you can follow us at Harrison101HD, at WeZoe, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. That's with two Ks. And if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live. Although Bike Live is available, last week's episode is available for just a dollar. So, you know, buy a Freddo or something, and, you, and instead you can spend it on a whole episode of Bike Live, even though it's already out now. But still, it's there if you want it to download and all that fun stuff. It's probably the most heated episode of Bike Live we've done since we've come back. Um, apparently, a lot of shit happened in Argentina. It's it's a good time. Um, we named it we named it Sorry Cal because we didn't even mention Cal Crutchlow's name until the 65-minute mark. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like... He may or may not have won the race. You know, like, that's like a side story to all the bullshit that happened before it. Um, so that's fun. Um, if you haven't already, again, check out next week's episode as well. We'll be talking about all the World Superbikes from Aragon. As Jonathan Ray and Chaz Davies split wins yet again. And British Superbikes as Leon Haslam got his first win of the season. As well as Shaky coming back because Shaky never goes away in British Superbikes. God bless him. And also... I have to say, an enormous fucking shout-out to all you guys that have been backing us on Patreon. We have never had as many Patreon backers as we do right now. 18 of you. Oh, yeah. 18. 18 people are crazy enough to give us money for this shit. 
You people are out of your goddamn minds, but we applaud you. Um, shout out to all our new backers. Joe McMillan, who's a long-time friend of the show. Thanks, Joe. Much appreciated, sir. Um, I'm going to butcher your name, so I apologize in advance. Toki Adoaye, who's pledged 10 bucks and is in our Discord server as we speak. And Henry Chapman, who's been a long-time friend of the show. We've actually met in person, because he lives just down the road from where I do in Ealing. Um, so... Uh, Shout out to him as well, a long-time fan. Um, sent him a t-shirt for his birthday because I'm such a nice guy, apparently. And he's also finally back just for 10 bucks as well. So thanks a lot, Henry. You are the god there, man. Um, thanks very much indeed. Um, it's been overwhelming the last week to see all you guys back us on Patreon. We are, we, we are super, super grateful. Um, much, much appreciated. And believe me when I tell you, you don't know how much it goes towards the show. Trust me, I'm dropping a ton on audio upgrades very very soon probably next week and you guys are funding that so um i am super super grateful for that you don't realize how much it goes to only covering soundcloud the website costs you name it um it's it's friggin fantastic um you guys you guys are awesome much much appreciated thank you all so much for that right shall we get into the main event of the show i think we should um Yes, yes, let's get ready because after this quick musical interlude, we'll talk about the 2018 Chinese Grand Prix. There's Daniel Ricciardo is out here stealing the girls and your Grand Prix. As you do. Welcome to Shanghai, everybody. Uh, I'd like to call it now Mercedes Land. Well, so it was until Sunday, anyway. Um, even Saturday, you can make the argument on that one. Chinese Grand Prix from Shanghai. Um, we were going into this one optimistic, and um, our minds were relatively blown um, on the Saturday. I think you could start off with really because it's been long hinted at with this Mercedes W09. Is it? I mean, it's been called a bit of a diva. And uh, the, the one of the things that's been mentioned about it is the fact that it tends to run slower in colder conditions. It was pretty cold on the Saturday morning. And uh, yeah. Ferrari out-qualifies Merckx by half a second. Sebastian Vettel narrowly pipping Kimi Räikkönen into pole position on the last lap of the session. But, uh, guys, like... Are they trying to dig off? Are they trying to make me dig up my narcotic here? Because um, <laughs> it's as it's as we all predicted. Ferrari had the advantage in qualifying, which positions them best for the race, just like we predicted before the season started. <laughs> of course, we totally saw that one come in, everybody. Like this, this is this went completely to the fucking form book. Oh dear God, this team is this team is trying to kill me, King. It is trying to kill me. Like they are far too good for this. Um. Like, I, again, I remember distinctively fist bumping on Saturday morning watching Qualify and thinking, oh my god, how on earth are we on pole position? And oh my god, Floyd's back in the room again. <laughs> We're doing this again. I'm not having... I refuse to be upstaged by Floyd for the second podcast. It was bad enough when I wasn't here the last time. <laughs> Uh, Floyd does not have a personal Twitter account, though we're working on it. Yeah. 
Apparently, like pets with um, you know Twitter accounts is a new win thing. Yeah, if, if um, we hit we our stretch, if we hit our stretch goal on Patreon, Floyd will definitely get a Twitter account. <laughs> and we might send him into dog rates and see what see if we can get like at least a thirteen out of ten. We'll I, I think that's people. almost a dead cert. Nailed on, nailed on. Um. I think it was also quite a miracle that um, that one of our protagonists of the story, Daniel Ricardo, yes, he qualified since he qualified behind his teammate Matt Verstappen. But keep in mind, he was two minutes from not even taking a lap in Q1 after his turbo went kerblamo at the end of FP3. So they had to rush their ass off just to get him even into a lap in Q1, which he eventually did and progressed Q3 and then finally got a representative time qualifying himself sits on the grid behind Verstappen, Hamilton, Botas, Raikkonen, and Vettel in that order. So, um, Noah's Ark across the front three rows, and we're thinking, well, this will probably go to form. Well, we, we, well, it was right for the first 23 laps or so, yeah. you know. Very much was... so. Like, Vettel just pulled out to about a two or three second lead in the first couple of laps, um, just like he did when he was winning all those championships, all he has to do is just get out of DRS range and just sit on that lead. Right up until the first round of pit stops. Like, oh, to, put, to put it into perspective, um, both Ferraris and both Mercedes qualified on the soft compound tyre, not the ultra soft, which is what we've come to expect in this hybrid era. Um, I still don't know why they bought the Ultrasofts. They were good for about 600 yards of prime running. Yeah, um, that, I remember that, Daniel that's Ricardo kind of saying, point, if, "The best point." <laughs> yeah, Daniel Ricardo saying, "Like, oh yeah, like we minced our Ultrasofts in like Q, like, like the first sector of the lap." And I'm like, "Yikes!" Okay, they they skipped the super soft entirely. We had Ultrasoft, soft, medium from Pirelli this weekend. Um, Red Bull qualified on the Ultrasofts because they, they didn't have enough confidence in their car on the soft tires to run it during that session. The big four all ran on the soft compound tyre. It made a difference early on, given Verstappen was able to gain two places by um, beating Hamilton off the line and then going around the outside of Kimi Raikkonen. See you fucking later, son. See you yeah. fucking later, son. Yep. Yeah, that, so that was fun. Um, that was the good side of Max Verstappen. The bad side comes later. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as you said, the, the like Vettel pulls out to about a three-and-a-half-second lead. And then Mercedes tries the undercut, and I'm like, ah, this shouldn't be a problem. Vettel will just cover him off next lap. Um, okay, that's not a particularly fast stop. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What's that Mercedes doing out in front? No, not again! Uh, no, no, yeah. no! <laughs> that's Beaten out on the undercut. Yep. Beaten out on the undercut by Mercedes and by Red Bull. But don't worry, because uh, they're they're just going to leave uh, Kimi Raikkonen out there to just block for uh, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> oh, Kimi. Which is absolutely going to ra- waste his results. Man, is it going to get Vettel back into contention after they completely screwed up Vettel's strategy. And it, it, like, running Kimi long didn't even help that much. Because, you know, a couple laps down the line... Ha- in the middle of turn one, Valtteri goes around the outside and gets around Kimi Raikkonen. There were a lot of audacious overtaking moves, and that's before we even put Ricardo into this equation. 
yeah, it, it's, it was that sort of weekend. And yeah, like Kimi Raikkonen was essentially used as a lot like to call the Bottas blocker. Um, running long for seemingly no good reason, besides you know, oh look, if we get if we get him to back the train up to Bottas, Vettel might be able to pass him. Didn't work <laughs> because the, the China dirty air is still very much a thing, even with a one kilometer long back straight. Shut up, Floyd. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, it it, it, it I, I totally wasn't upset about this or anything. Sitting here going, oh for God's sake! It, like Ferrari screwed the pooch again. Um, King, why does this keep happening? Like, that's... I mean, they screwed it, but it could have been like what happened. It was like the worst possible scenario. They could have had a much better weekend had a certain overtaking move played out better mm-hmm. this is true more on that in a second but like people have tried to cape for ferrari on this one i am not one of those people it was obvious towards the lap 18 19 mark that the soft rubber was so much faster how did i know this because sergio perez was setting fastest sector times in a goddamn force india the undercut was was like a great, it's like one of those old school arcade games, like House of the Dead, where there's a giant, like, big red flashing fuck me light right here that says, This is my weak spot, right here. And it was purple colored. And it was like, No, Ferrari ignores it. And then they get beaten on the goddamn undercut. No. Floyd is very fired up about this Ferrari strategy. Floyd is heated. <laughs> I'm here for it. Floyd is not here for this bullshit either. Floyd is here um, to tell you that Red Bull basically just galaxy brained their strategy all race line, while Ferrari and Mercedes were just content to hit each other over the head with rubber mallets. It was like that scene in the NXT War Games when Kylo Riley hits himself with the chair. It's uh, it, it it wasn't pretty. It wasn't clever. And a three and a half second lead completely evaporated on one lap of the overcut. Says it all, really. Uh, so it comes back out in front. Val takes the lead of the race. They try to get Raikkonen to block him. Doesn't really work. Like it's cut. It's becoming clear that Seb's got the pace. It's just again, win one point two. He's too far away to make a pass because you know our old friend Dirty Air came back with a vengeance. So I was thinking, well, we're done now. I was getting my jacket ready to go to work, and then ooh, Toro Rosso has their has their own unfortunate. Team orders communication screw up. Apparently, Brendan Hartley was 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 was, was told to uh, move over for Pierre Gasly on the faster strategy. Um, Pierre Gasly was told on the radio that uh, Hartley would pull over on the next straight, and at the hairpin, Pierre Gasly drives into the back of Brendan Hartley. Yes, Gasly initially thinks that Ga- that Hartley just closed the door on him. Yeah, because. Uh... Uh, because Hartley wasn't pulling over, he was lifting and coasting. Oh. Ah. Oh, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I hereby regret to announce on the Motorsport 101 podcast that Pierre Gasly is hashtag Pierre Ga- cancelled. Pierre Gasly is not cancelled. Pierre Gasly has just taken a two-week hiatus. Two-week hiatus. No, no, no. The, the, the infamous Fox News two-week hiatus. Yeah, yeah, he's cancelled. Like, like Pierre Gasly is cancelled. He was Michael Cohen's third client. And he's cancelled. Oh he's in. You just came in and stole my gag. Thank you very much. Oh yes. Uh, so thank that, you and good night. Yeah. So out of all that, we get uh we get a bunch of debris sitting off the racing line. 
and just sitting there and sitting there until eventually some people are just like, well, why not throw a safety car? Two laps later. Two laps later, we finally get a safety car. <sighs> See, that's the thing. Sebastian Vettel had mentioned that like, it took him two laps to pull out the safety car for that one. And it's like, Seb, you can't mention this after the Australia thing. Uh, you know, just, you know, you can't just uh, mention that. But anyway, yes, two laps later, like, the safety car comes out. And, I, like, I, I, F1 put a video about Daniel Ricciardo's six victories and the fact they're never really boring when he wins, right? Yeah. And I don't know if anyone remembers the 2014 Hungarian Grand Prix, right? And how the leading two cars were just past the safety car, or just, or just past the pit entry when the safety car came out and it ultimately fucked with them, right? Here we go again. Like, Valtteri Bottas and Sebastian Vettel are just on the home straight when the safety car pulls, safety car declarant comes out, and guess who drives straight into the pit lane? It's both Red Bulls for a double stack, and I'm like, oh no. Their Here we go. double stack of the day. And, they, yep. and to their credit, they didn't fuck it up at all. And They nailed it. And who didn't pull into the pits? And then proceed to question his team for the rest of the race. Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's like Lew- peak Lewis move. Question team pit strategy. <laughs> to be fair, he had a good reason yeah. on this one, didn't he? He, <laughs> he had a reason, but it was after the initial we made a mistake in that. It's kind of right, just co- collect yourself. You need to focus. You can still do something. But he didn't let it go. I mean, that's not Lewis's no. thing. Remember? Oh, my God. Remember that Monaco Grand Prix lost to Nico Rosberg? Mm-hmm. Ooh, he, t- t- he took that hey, one ball, th- didn't he? Th- then again, remember that first Monaco Grand Prix he ever took Barton as well when he came second. Yeah, it's... He has a thing it's... with pit strategies when they don't go his way. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal, to say the least. But, um... Yeah, like, I like that Lewis Allen is now so woke in the, in the car now. He knows exactly when the team has screwed the pooch. It's, I, think, I think it's great. I thought that was funny on the, when, I, when I watched the team radio video about it. I was like, um, guys, like, are the cars behind us on new tyres or something? And I'm like, yes, Lewis. Yes, they are. Um, because works were too slow to put you in the pit lane. They're bad. Uh, it totally won't affect your race at all. Honest. No, the follow-up exchange is like, why didn't we come in? And Peter Bonningham just tells him, well, that's because they would be ahead of you, Lewis. <sighs> and in fairness, you would probably think, okay, this is a track with very few passing opportunities. Track position is probably very important. Not so much. No. Not when, the, not when as we proved earlier, that, the, uh, that basically the... The new tire was like new tires were so much faster than used ones around China this weekend, but uh, yeah, that was a thing. And when the safety car came in to clean up, the Red Bulls were rampant. Daniel Ricciardo had the fastest lap of the day by a good six tenths of a second, and Ricciardo decided to basically make mincemeat of the entire hierarchy of F1 at this point. Um, first Raikkonen. Um, then Hamilton, Sebastian had to make, had to make way on the home straight. He knew what was coming, so he didn't even really try to fight it. There was nothing he could do. And then the pass of the day from Daniel Ricciardo, a hellacious dive bomb into turn four. Um, Val makes 
makes a last-minute defensive swoop to the middle of the track. Ricardo sees it coming, goes even more narrow to the apex, and nails it on the exit. It was a stunning pass from Daniel Ricardo, and that was effectively the race-winning overtake. He would go on to win pretty comfortably in the end on that new rubber. But we had pandemonium behind. Like We saw Verstappen try an audacious um, outside maneuver um, of turn five on Lewis Hamilton. No, even um, in before se- that, into yeah. into you know that you, the right hander into that long corner. He he looked he looked left, then right, then back left to try to get around Lewis. Like he was desperate to get around Lewis. It took three tries to finally get, make the pass. Yep. It's yeah. You're absolutely right. He was he was rampant. He was he was he was like a dog on heat. He was trying to find a way around. He just couldn't do it. It was swerving left and right. The one he tried on turn five was quite funny though because I think Lewis had a little bit of retaliation for Bahrain in mind because he did he did run Max very close <laughs> to going off the track. I think Lewis knew exactly what he was doing on that one. Um, it looked for like a split second that Max Verstappen was going to hold it on the outside as uh, Lewis kind of backed off and Max Verstappen just kept going and then whoa, all it took was just a little bit oversteer and Max has to overcorrect and just plow it right through the runoff. Yeah, yeah, no choice on that one, and uh, a bit cheeky from Lewis, but uh, it was called a fair game on that one. Verstappen does eventually um, get him at the hairpin later on, a couple, a few laps later. I think it was two laps later he got him in the end. Um, but uh, King, two laps later, the biggest incident of the race, the incident with with Sebastian. <laughs> Well, it's got some opinions about this one, too. <laughs> yes, he has all the hot takes. Yeah, that incident with Sebastian where, you know, after the long straight, in the turn, in the turn 14, he makes, he makes a move on, on Sebastian Vettel. That, mm, h- How do we go into this overtake on Vettel that Verstappen makes? Where Overly ambitious? Extremely hey. ambitious. The, the like, golden uh, boy tries such a piss take of an overtake that it turns into a golden shower. Zoe, we've been through this. <laughs> we are not accepting this joke. Okay. I've got to announce. What is it with you and what is it with you and golden showers? This is Holy the only shit! Time, this is the only time I've ever it was that kind of a. I it's like, like I have never mentioned it before apart from that that move, and that's been it. You tweeted me that directly after the race, and I wanted to block you right there and then. Like, you know this was uh, ill-advised when even Christian Horner and Helmut Marko, the people who have gone out of their way to cover for Matt's first snap and all of his mistakes for the better part of, what, the last three years? Mm-hmm. When well, even they I... admit, like, Matt's could have probably used better judgment and need some work on his driving. Even Matt's himself immediately went up to Sebastian Vettel after the incident and after the race and apologized, saying that was that was totally his bad. Yeah. And and yeah, we had people getting bad at the likes of Lauda saying that was a bad move. <laughs> you mean you mean you mean famous uh, fence hitter Nicky Lauda? Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this also. Like, this incident also led to the moment where Lewis Hamilton overtook both Verstappen and Vettel with pretty much no issue. <sighs> yeah. I'm not happy about this. 
because obviously that incident. Verstappen tries that incident, it damages Sebastian's side pod. He's got a crippled car pretty much the rest of the way. Um, he wasn't even making up time on Nico Hulkenberg and his Renault. Yeah, he fell, he, he fell back to eighth place. And of course, all like secretly, he will never admit it, but a certain RJ O'Connell was absolutely doing backflips when, when Sebastian Vettel was passed by Fernando Alonso's oh, McLaren. Fernando was absolutely flexing to get a showy pass around Vettel. Um, so, you know, that went well. Um, I, I totally wasn't pissed about that. My phone's going off there. (laughs) (laughs) It's all going down today on this podcast. Seriously, it's all like like, was that Fernando calling me? Maybe probably. That 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 might have been that. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's my mum. Believe it or not, but um, (laughs) yeah, Dre's mother is on the podcast for the first time. It's been a long time coming. But um, yeah, as I was saying. yeah, salty I was after that one. You, you, you have no idea. Like Fernando is the antichrist to me on on, on, on this one when it comes to F one these days. He's done nothing but throw shade at that man for years and years and years because of his Red Bull days. And of course, he's passing him. Not like he's you know he's basically half running him off the road as well because it was actually quite an aggressive overtake for Fernando to even get there. Oh the yeah, it was. Uh, it absolutely I was, like, was. And I was. I was in my bookies at the time that overtake happened. I was opening up the shot because I got in there early, and I just went "fuck off, Fernando." <laughs> that that was me. Um, I I totally wasn't mad about this or anything, not in the slightest. So yeah, Fernando eventually limps home in eighth. Uh, Max Verstappen takes a ten-second time penalty for a result of his troubles and on that earlier pass that demotes him off the podium and eventually puts him in fifth. Um, and you know they may have seen the team radio video about this poor Nico Hulkenberg was gutted because he missed out <laughs> he missed out on a top 5 finish by point I mean it was point six of a second after the time penalty um, but uh, yeah as, you, as, as mentioned before um, Max for the first time kind of owned this one and uh, I thought that was interesting I was like yeah like for the first time Max was like yeah my bad um, and he went up to Seb and apologised and there was handshakes all around and you know arm shakes and you know all, all that good stuff like have we reached a turning point here with Max or are we just it's, it's you know, far is, 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 too is, soon to tell or is he just going to run into like you know is he just going to run into Kevin Magnuson's rear end at Baku and forget this conversation never happened <laughs> I don't know yeah. we'll have to wait and see we, we really have to I I, I think the jury's still out on that one, to be honest with you. But uh, personal well, improvement is not a. Uh, it's not a. Uh, it's not a. It's a long-term game. I've I've come to understand. It is. It is. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like you kind of just uh, cross your fingers and hope because Max Verstappen, we all know he is insanely talented. You don't need me to tell you this. He's an incredibly talented kid, but. I mentioned this on Twitter during my favourite time of an F1 weekend, the delicious and beautiful moment of the Ask Crofty segment um, onto Twitters as it as it goes down, and you know that Croft, Crofty was praising Verstappen for having a go and always having a go. <laughs> to which I had to interject on Twitter, retweeted him, and said, "Listen, Buster, 
Daniel Ricciardo is the walking reason as to why Max Verstappen hasn't got an excuse for this sort of bullshit anymore. Like, Crop seemed more level-headed when he was actually on the broadcast saying, like, yes, he's a great talent, but he doesn't need to be doing all this stuff. And now you're telling me that he takes to Twitter and he's just like, okay, I've had a minute to think about this. I am going to hit the stand button. (laughs) But but never forget, if you... If you no longer go for a gap that exists, you are no longer a racing driver. Get that, out! Because that line <laughs> was used in defense on Twitter. But the thing is, that's what David Croft does, with, especially with Axe Crofty, because he could use the, uh, the presidential defense of, well, th- those weren't my views, those were the views of someone else. The, the producers put another wad of cash in my pocket and said, protect the franchise. <laughs> Because we all know who the face of Sky F1's marketing campaign has been this season, and surprisingly, it's not Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, protect the mother load at all costs. Is, uh, turns out, yeah, he went right back to defending Max Verstappen again because he's having a go, and I'm like, guys, if he's really that good, he doesn't need to constantly risk his car making hellacious moves he's never going to make. And as mentioned, Daniel Ricciardo never draws controversy for using his car as a weapon. Like, He's probably the best passer in Formula 1. He's had a string of spectacular overtakes and dive bombs, but it never crosses that line until you go, oh, that's dangerous, or that's unsafe. He's always on the money. He has just a ridiculous amount of confidence in his car, and it it works beautifully. Verstappen hasn't got this... This was Verstappen's 63rd Grand Prix. He has an equal amount of races compared to... Um, Carlos Sainz and I know for a f- I up the other day that uh, he has one less start than Kevin Magnussen does um, and he comes to experience Verstappen's actually kind of in the middle of the field now in F1 he's, yeah he's, he's the average he's, now he's just he's just below average I think he's, he's the 13th most experienced driver or joint 11th most experienced driver in the field so he's that right very, on the line that very old and gristled 20 year old <laughs> that old gristled 20 year old veteran of course, such you know, such you know, the, the, you know, the letter of the land. This is year four for Max Verstappen. It's, it's his sixty-third Grand Prix. He shouldn't be doing this shit no more. And Christian Horner needs to be careful about what he's coming out with here half the time because you cannot use Verstappen's age and experience to boost him up whenever he has a brilliant Grand Prix like we saw in Malaysia or at Mexico last year. But then at the same time, use that excuse whenever he fucks up, like he did on Sunday. Like, you can't have this both ways. And the the problem is, this is coming from Red Bull Racing, the camp, who, as we know, have demoted people for far less than what Max Verstappen has gone up to this season. Because this is, for me, the third race in a row he's made a major mistake. Like, Australia spins out from fourth place, loses three places, never really recovers, finishes in sixth. Poor results. Couldn't get past Fernando Alonso's McLaren. Bahrain spins it in qualifying. Claims it's 150 extra horsepower in the car. Shout out to Nico Hulkenberg for calling bullshit on that one. And then Red Bull had to go, yeah, it was a uh, overzealous right foot that did it. In other words, yeah, Verstappen went too hard on the turn two curb and made a mistake. Whoops. Yeah. And, of and course, then straight up then... lied about it, saying that it was a, a non-existent 150, you know, 150 horsepower... 150 horsepower power spikes that, you know, didn't happen. 
Dude, Dutch yeah. people were up in Butston's mentions claiming that he was reporting fake news just for like <laughs> not going along with with the uh, with the initial excuse. Yeah, so that was a thing, and of course, in the race itself, tried a overzealous defensive pass on um, on Lewis Hamilton, running the biggest setter fanboy in F1, telling him, you know, either yield or we're having this accident. Lewis Hamilton was like, "All right, bet." <laughs> and of course, that ultimately compromised Verstappen's race for. Like, All right, Floyd. Okay, I'll stop this in Hamilton. But, like talking about races being compromised, we we do have to talk about the ten-second penalty that was administered. That was the maximum penalty they could give. On track, that yeah. meant Verstappen only lost one position. It really did. Um, it's, my it, my father it's, it's was can, redneck yeah. mad about this. Um, and fairness, really? you yeah, because he's a he's a huge Ferrari fan through and through. So he likes Vettel ah. now. Uh, before that, he was a big fan of Alonso. And before that, he was a big fan of Michael Schumacher, and still is. Um, so he was not too pleased and wondered why ten seconds was it. It wasn't enough. Uh, but at the same time, you can't. It's kind of like in other sports where you just like you can't enforce the severity of where people will just. Uh, rag on you if you if you make more severe calls depending on the context of the race mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's the problem it's like Damn. and the thing is because of the Gasly accident they'd already set a precedent if you gave Gasly 10 seconds for his collision with Hartley you had to give the same for Verstappen there so um, essentially like in the FIA rulebook the only other penalty they could have given was either a pit stop penalty which was impossible at that point in the race and the only thing more severe than that is straight up disqualifying him. Which, of course, is never going to happen. But, um, but as I said, the precedent was set. You gave Gasly 10 seconds, he had to give Verstappen 10 seconds. The problem was, in the context of the race, 10 seconds really didn't mean shit because that Red Bull was a rocket ship in the second half of the race, yeah, like, post-safety with, car. With our hindsight, like I probably... A 15-second penalty, like 15 seconds would have put him in 6th place... Uh, 20 seconds would have put him in 7th place. Remember, kids, it's still a grand canyon between the top six and everybody else, <laughs> even during a safety car. Um, so, like, it would be nice if the stewards had, you know, those options when they realized, like, there was only, like, what, 20 laps to go? So, like, it, Something like that. The ra- we were pretty late in the race. We knew how big the gaps were going to be. It would be nice if the stewards had the option to use 15 or 20 <laughs> seconds. Would have been nice. Um, a bit more flexibility wouldn't hurt, you know. Ha- have the punishment benefit the crime, and if you can't do it, tweak the rules to make it make the stewards' life a little bit easier. They get enough shit from us as it is. Even if it's... a straight up drive-through penalty would have been better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. that late in the race, where like a drive-through penalty probably would have put him, like you know, with signs and Magnuson. It wouldn't have been that bad, really. It would have been about, what, 19, 20 seconds? Yeah, don't, in, over, I reckon. don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate Just drive through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drive through would, would have been fine. I would have been fine with that for, for him and for Gasly. No. Bring back the drive through. It's not sexy yeah, enough. Like the, the, the way it states in the, in the sporting regulations, it pretty much states that uh, it has to be expected that you know teams would be making a pit stop at that point in the race. Ah, so because there were no pit stops left they felt like it would have been against the regulations to give him a drive through <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, like you said, like give the stewards a little bit more tools to work with. I guess would would I think is the overall message on that one because Gasly's ten seconds sure as hell wasn't Verstappen's ten seconds, no. but it's the nature of the race, unfortunately. But then again, Mike, by before the the race even ended, Hartley had to retire due to the damage he'd gained at that. In that it was the only retirement of the race. Even though, because he completed 90% of the race distance, he was classified as a finisher. He was only a lap down. He, like, seriously. So, yeah, he's more than a finisher. He was, he was, he was like, the only person not on the lead lap by the time the race was over. No, um, like, on the official classification, he's listed as four laps down by the end. Okay, fair enough. Like, the graphics on Twitter are wrong then. Uh, my bad, but, um, yeah. But yeah, for so, Gasly, so, his 10-second ten, ten time penalty was, uh, he ended up finishing 18th. Uh, if he was 10 seconds up the road, he would have been around where Lance Stroll is in 14th. He had finished in 15th place, just ahead of Sergei Sorokin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it actually cost him three places. Um, compared the safety to, yeah. car, I guess. Compared to Verstappen's one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Like, bring back the Mark Marquez drop one position penalty. That's always fun, right? <laughs> and then I also uh, had people saying that uh, they shouldn't have penalized him in this race and gave him a grid drop in the next race. And I'm like, a grid drop is essentially nothing. Like, <laughs> Right, especially in this F1 where the top three teams are so much better than everybody else anyway. It's like, congrats, you're making Verstappen probably finish in sixth. <laughs> Oh, you're, Is that what you call a penalty these uh, days? You're, you're having him start 10th and, and like, presuming he'd finish, he like, was the last of the top three teams and it's like a four or five place, so he's starting 10th or 11th. Yeah, I have a funny feeling he's not going to be 10th or 11th by the end of the first turn. And I and I and they're not, and they're not giving ten place good jobs anymore. It's normally fine. after a thorough investigation into uh, alleged um, alleged uh, activities that violate NCAA regulations. Red Bull University is suspending quarterback Mats Verstappen for the first quarter of their game against um, against the University of Manor Marussia. Yeah. Like I, I really like I really dislike. Uh, penalties that carry over into the next race, especially for driving infractions. If you can give in that race, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like carrying over just becomes problematic and needlessly comp- keep it to the vacuum that is in in that race itself. Oh, Rob and by the way, over. out of all of this, Kimi mm-hmm. Raikkonen, whose race looked ruined, got back on the podium. <laughs> so, and yeah, could've, he could have. He could have passed Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, he could have. Uh, yeah, because, man, when Mercedes got that strategy wrong, they got it wrong. Bottas was dead in the water on its, like, worn-out tires. Yeah, it's like even me in the camp of Sebastian, who was talking about how annoying his race was, pour one out for Val, who had a race win completely yanked out from underneath him because of that safety car. Um, he had it worse than Seb today, in, in a sense. But, um, yeah, not great. Um, you know, Val, like, I have to say, like, this was a very impressive weekend from Val. And I saw Luke Smith in his driver ratings give him a 10 out of 10 for the weekend, and I think that was deserved. He, you know, the car clearly wasn't there in qualifying in the colder conditions, but did what he needed to do, made the undercut work, got out in front. His pace was very good. He was faster than Hamilton all weekend when it mattered. And,. You know, on the same strategy as him, he, he finished eight seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton on merit alone. And, yeah, like, 
I don't want to send any alarm bells out here for Lewis Hamilton because it's still early days. It's very early days, but that was a surprisingly off-key weekend for Lewis, wasn't it? Well, I put on the tinfoil hat on behalf of certain people and once again proclaim that Mercedes is clearly against Lewis. They don't want him winning. That is why he's not doing well. A a, a word? (laughs) It's yes. like that that why? great Finnish car manufacturer, Mercedes Benz, Finnish through and through, just want their Finnish driver, their Finnish golden boy to win all the races. It's like well, if you're in that camp still, like still, you you really have to be digging. For you need to get outside more. <laughs> Please leave the house. Well, at least the, now that his teammate isn't German as well, they're no longer coming out with the uh, but he, but he's not but he's not German. He's obviously from Monaco. Or is he from Finland? Don't know. Only time. No, he, no, he's sure, from man. no, he's from the Sky Sports Sky Booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at least we're no longer getting the. Yes, of course, the Nazi car will support the German driver comments. At least that's gone. Once again, Zoe Hamilton has the high jump contest with the bar on the floor here. Uh, <laughs> where where to go, Zoe? <laughs> I was, was going to go with the tinfoil hat experience that Tor, that Toro Rosso just happened to take each other out to help Red Bull win the race, but that's fine. <laughs> <sighs> but hey, so, you know, yeah, who, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe Hartley will pull over for you. Is this code? <laughs> it's like, brother Hartley, Pierre is faster than you. Do you understand this <laughs> do you message? Understand? Uh, uh, multi-1028! Multi-1028! Damn it! Like, pull over, like, pull over, Brendan. Boff! Uh, <laughs> of course. So, so shout out to Pierre Gazzi for creating, for turning a 3 out of 10 race into a 6 out of 10 race. And a boy, son. Much appreciated. We're going to take one for the team. Here's the full run now, by the way, in case you missed it. Daniel Ricciardo winning his 6th career Grand Prix. As he said himself, um, he does. He has a knack of just stealing these funny ones, doesn't he? It's the yep. sixth time he's done this now. Only um, one other driver has won more races without ever winning any of them from inside the top three of the grid, and that was 1967 champion Dennis Holm, who had eight wins, all of them from outside the top three in the grid. Yeah, the comeback king himself, winning as low back as 10th on the grid in Baku. Um, last year. So, Daniel Ricciardo winning the end by 8.8 seconds. A two-stopping ultra-medium-soft compound strategy won the race. F1 is weird. <laughs> Valtteri Bottas in second in the end. Again, win yanked out from underneath him there. 8.8 off the top. Kimi Raikkonen, through all the chaos, somehow finishes up on the podium in the end. Can I guess there is a bit of poetic justice in that, isn't there? Can we also <laughs> appreciate the looks that both, dra- both of them gave is Daniel Ricardo done his shoey? <laughs> just looks back. Um, can I just say as a public service announcement to everybody listening Go to this show, it. as a reminder, the shoey is still fucking awful. Okay? The like, fine. No, 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 it isn't. I, I, I cannot live in a world where champagne, which is already bullshit and terrible in the first place, is mixed with toe jam. I am not here uh, for this. Here's the safe shoey strategy. If you put a Ziploc bag in your shoe of choice, then <laughs> Phil said Ziploc bag with champagne. That is an appropriate shoey. King? 
Me, well, me, me and you would get a fallout. No. What you, what you do is you get a pair of the Zachary DeMello Senna shoes <laughs> and the Typhon leather that are currently at oh £260 down from $350. Oh, and you fill oh, oh, that. Oh, 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 are, we having, are we having this conversation okay. right now? I oh. would never do a shoey using a shoe that is more expensive than the champagne itself. Are we sure about that? I don't. I don't think that's the cheap plug they've got on that F1 podium. You see the size of that bottle. You can. You can do some serious damage with that. Yeah, you can probably take over a small. You can probably like hijack a small village with a, with a champagne bottle that size. Just it's made just, out of carbon uh, just, fiber, Dre. It's made out of carbon fiber. Do the same exactly. thing. Just buy a champagne bottle that's like six feet tall and costs about uh, seven figures, and then nope. no shoe will be more expensive than the champagne you drink it from. Oh, like, God. like, RJ, this isn't Monaco with that gold bottle that cost a hundred thousand euros you talked about last year on the show. We are not, not DJ Khaled. No, we're we're not putting that on Nico Rosberg's tab, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, no, like, and the shoey is still fucking awful. I don't care what any of you people tell me, and anyone that disagrees with me can fight me. Okay. All of you. Okay. Out, now, out, now, the, now the rest of the results are outside the podium. Yeah, yes, I, I moved on. 28 in a row! Lewis Hamilton makes history for the most consecutive point scoring finishes in a row. His 28th straight finish in the points dating back to the 2016 season. And Floyd celebrates loudly as the Hamilton fan that he is at this news. Congratulations, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Floyd is here for it. Floyd is here for all the Hamilton record-breaking. So, yeah, congratulations to Lewis. 28 straight races in the points. Max Verstappen post-penalty drops from 4th to 5th. As mentioned, just point six ahead on net time ahead of Nico Hülkenberg, who very quietly is putting together some good work in that Renault. Um, sixth place after his sixth consecutive race of qualifying in seventh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, we're now going to nickname him Mr. Best of the Rest, Nico Hülkenberg. Um, yep. As we all predicted, Carlos Sainz was gonna was gonna have his hands full with Nico Hülkenberg. Why would we, yeah. why would we ever why would any of us ever vote for Carlos Sainz as driver of the year that of the year for that performance? Couldn't imagine. Yeah. See, see, people. I told you all about how Hülkenberg was going to be a problem for Sainz. I said it last year. Nobody listened to me. Everybody was like, ah, oh, no, no, Carlos will be fine. I told you, people. I told you. Every time I talk about Nico Hülkenberg, one of two things happen. Either I get attacked from people that are Hülkenberg fans telling me he's not a complete dickhead, which is debatable at this point, quite frankly, or it's the other side of people telling me he isn't world-class. Like, it's clearly somewhere in the middle between there, fellas. Like, okay? Like, like... Okay, just because Hulkenberg's been nice to you doesn't mean I can't call him a douchebag, Twitter. You know who you are. Anyway, Hulkenberg in sixth place. Fernando Alonso refuses to go away from these points. Get out! (laughs) Fernando Alonso in seventh place. Like... He refuses to not score points. Um, like, a 7 Onzo is now definitely a thing. Fun fact, it's also RJ's name on our Discord server right now. No, seriously, it is. He has a Snapple problem. Um, Fernando Alonso, 7th in the hey, end. The <laughs> <laughs> you said to get out. 
And stay out. <laughs> oh. Okay, fine. But Sebastian Vettel in eighth in the end, are limping home after the crippled side pod completely ruined his car. I'm not salty about. I'm not salty about this at all. Seriously. If anything, I say chalk one up for Captain Cynical. I told you so. I told you people that the wheels were going to fall off this wagon real soon. I'm completely ignoring the first part of the race where his pace was excellent. Or the fact that Lewis didn't finish on the podium. Silence! <laughs> uh, Carlos Sainz finishing in ninth. And Kevin Magnussen, who totally didn't piss off his teammate with a more understeery house and team orders getting in the way. Finishing in 10th. What was interesting here, Magnussen in 10th, on, like, he was 39 seconds off the win. His teammate Romain Grosjean, 17th. Another and another 26 seconds off of Magnussen, despite the fact that Grosjean was very, very upset about having to move over just six laps in the race. Well, uh, hmm. Funny thing here, Romain. The car just wasn't working right for you, bud. Yeah, apparently there's already talking in, in that team that the, the car's more understeery and it's a benefit for Magnussen's driving style, which uh, could be interesting as the season goes on. Our, our old buddy baseline out here is it's starting to complain again now he's not in the top six. Funny that. Uh, rest of the rule real quick. Esteban Ocon, 11th in the end, narrowly beating Sergio Perez over the line. Um, the Force India's formation flying again. Funny that one. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn in 13th place. Lance Stroll in 14th, ahead of Sergei Sorokin in 15th place. Uh, Marcus Ericsson, once again, doing the Lord's work for that Sauber in 16th. Grosjean in 7th. Pierre Gasly, 18th after the penalty. Charles Leclerc in 19th. And Brendan Hartley, the last man technically over the line. Klaus is a finisher, finishing four laps down after the damage he took in the Gasly incident. But again, as you competed over 90% race distance, he counts as a finisher. So all 20 cars... Technically, saw the checkered flag. Also, fun uh, fact: uh, both Valtteri Bottas and Daniel Ricciardo are closer to Lewis Hamilton in the drivers' standings than Hamilton is to Vettel. Hype, 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 hype! Title race. Yeah. <laughs> Vettel tops the drivers' standings with fifty-four points, followed by Hamilton with forty-five, Bottas with forty, Ricciardo with thirty-seven, and Kimi Raikkonen with thirty points. And you say, it's funny that this, this, despite that, Valtteri Bottas is still twenty-two to one to win the championship, which I find hilarious to me. It's like no one's buying this at all. It's like Lewis Hamilton is still even money. Vettel is eleven to ten right now to win the title. It's a two-horse race. Yep. Vettel is third favorite, and he's twenty-two to one. <laughs> that says it all. And normal order has been restored in the constructors as Mercedes as Mercedes retakes the lead. Followed by Ferrari. By one point! By one point, followed by Ferrari in second. McLaren are no longer in third. They're in fourth now. Red Bull retake third place. And Renault are still in fifth place. And you have to wonder how many more points Max Verstappen would have towards his and Red Bull's tally had it not been for some of the aforementioned errors this season. He is now 19 points back of Daniel Ricciardo, sitting in a total of 18 on the season in eighth place behind... Fernando Alonso and Nico Hulkenberg. That's 2015 and 2018 Le Mans champions. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg and Fernando Alonso tied at 22 points. Did you say 2018? <laughs> I'm going to. RJ, you're in the Simbin for the rest of the episode. What is wrong with you? Read what you want to believe, believe what you want to believe, and go to bed. <laughs> 
Shall we move on to the news? For 2019, this time. More for rules! Who doesn't love more rules? That's always fun, right? Everywhere, rules everywhere are for nerds! <laughs> nerds! Um, the fuel flow is going up, everybody. The, the cars are going to be even heavier. Yay! Yeah. Um, Yay, the carts are thick. <laughs> they're, fi- they're thick enough as it is, my friend. Like, it's very thick. Um, the fuel flow is going up from 105 to 110 kilos. FI saying this is a move to basically have the cars run on higher engine modes for pretty much the entire race. Which sounds nice until you realise, oh wait, we're only allowed three power units a season, there's no way in hell that's actually going to happen, is it? Uh, yeah, you really think, like, face value, it seems like a good idea. Otherwise, it'd be like, so, um, Mercedes, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, ugh, many complaints already been, I've already saw from AMS this afternoon about how Mercedes are oil burning less now, and it's been a reason why they're not as fast as they were last year. Um, that's also kind of interesting. But yes, fuel flow is going up to 110. Um, so, you know, the, the hope is that, you know, these, 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 these manufacturers are, you know, making their engines run more aggressively. I say, good luck with that. Um, yeah, we're um, we're moving from the junior heavyweight all the way up fully into the heavyweight division, folks. Yay! Um, that's always fun. Um, we're gonna burn more fuel. We're being more environmentally friendly, says Charles Renewable in our Discord server. Out of boy, um, King. What's this about potential aero changes? Uh, apparently. Uh... We're, we're starting to run pretty close up to the deadline, so it's probably not going to happen, but uh, Formula 1 management, particularly Ross Braun, they want to simplify uh, the front wing end plates because that's been shown to cause, like, a lot of dirty air. Yeah, 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 that much was obvious, so they were going to try and cut back on that. But yeah, running up to the deadline, which I believe is early next month. If they can't get it done by then, they'll need uh, They need they'll need an unanimous decision to get it implemented by next year. Yeah, and we all know how great F one teams are agreeing with each other, aren't they? Mm. Oh, they get on like a house on fire. Oh yeah, there's no way McLaren's going to veto this. Like, like, no, no, no chance. Yeah, also. Uh, it would compromise the best chassis in Formula One. <laughs> the best chassis. Oh, Jake, take responsibility for your man's and his idiotic statements. But also, Sorry. next year they're going to separate the weight of the car from the weight of the driver. Finally. Finally. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness. No more About crash diets. About time. Oh my god. Thank god no more crash diets. Mark Webber is coming out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. He can need a burger now between race weekends. We're gonna have we're gonna see the true Mark Weather unleashed because he's not weighing like nine stone despite being six foot one. <laughs> it's time. Oh, he's been unleashed. It's time for the thick boy racers to come back. Adrian Sittle, put that glass down. It's time to get back in the seat. We still let 
There's still time for you to get that podium. <laughs> Atta boy. <laughs> but yes, they're separating the car weight and the driver weight at last. I, I've never liked how that's been a thing. I've never liked how ballast is, a, is at play and so, some of the other bigger drivers are automatically at a disadvantage. Yeah, like, like, as, like seriously, ser- don't Google image search Esteban Ocon's legs. They're a thing of beauty. Why? No, don't, don't, tell, <laughs> don't tell me that he skips leg day. Um, hang on, I'm just, I'm just gonna pull up an image. Search. Oh my god, there is nothing there. They're like, they're like, the, the, like, there's, there's nothing there. He's like, he, he has to skip leg day. The man has no thighs. It makes me very upset. King, what have you done? Whoa, whoa! I didn't do this. I didn't do this. <laughs> Formula One's unsustainable di- model of making their drivers effectively go on crash diets in order to make weight to remain competitive when they're already so tall uh, did this to us. Yeah, I mean, Esteban Ocon is six foot one, which doesn't exactly help. Um, so, yeah, it's not ideal to say the least. And if anyone is, if anyone out there is MMA fans or collegiate wrestling fans, they'll tell you for free that. Uh, like like going on those crash diets and weight cuts is never a good idea. Um, it's dangerous. It shouldn't be a thing. Um, and yeah, like having that involved involved in the overall weight of the car and you know compensating with ballast has never been never been healthy. And I'm glad it's been scrapped. So good, good, good move, FIA. Um, and finally, biometric gloves will be mandatory from next year, which is good. Like it's gonna be interesting. I know they say it's for safety reasons, but you know you can slip in some broadcast reasons. Uh, like, so we, 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 are we gonna have like a MotoGP? We're just gonna have like Mark Marquez's heart rate on the side of the, on the side of the hard cam now. Yes, <laughs> that actually sounds kind of lit. To be fair, <laughs> that, that 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 could be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, it happens in MotoGP all the time where we, where we get like the riders' heart rates come up every once in a while. Happens in Formula E as well. Like they they they're, they're putting heart monitors on the frigging team principles because <laughs> why not, right? That's that's what that's what you're here to see, people. Yes, <laughs> yes. and it's also going to help the medical teams um, do a more thorough analysis when they get to the scene. They cite Carlos Sainz's accident during the Russian Grand Prix as a case in point. Um, Sainz, of course, wasn't hurt when he crashed in during the third practice session and hit the barrier head-on. Um, but they couldn't get into contact with him and had to wait until the bar- they had to remove the barrier from the car before they could give a more direct medical assessment. Hopefully this will cut down on some of that time. Indeed. That, that, that is definitely a good thing. And again, as, you, as King mentioned, obviously there's some broadcasting merits to that as well. That's always fun. Um, so yeah, that will be a thing. As And also, the first sort of, uh, shall we say, tidbits towards the 2021 engines uh, came out today as well. Um, according to uh, Toby Gruner from uh, yep. AM, AM US, he's, they say some news from today's strategy group and F1 commission meetings. FIA presented its proposals for the 2021 power unit regulations, a 1.6 litre engine, a V6 turbo hybrid, and, and I love how they quoted this as a King Point mentioned this as well. The deletion, delete, delete of the MGUH exhaust energy recovery system. So the MGUH is gone. 
We're sticking with V6 turbos, and yeah, it's going to be a 1.6. So, uh, King, are you, are you looking forward to next year's Formula 1 day? Yep, MG, <laughs> MG UK all day. Cars, proper cars, tactical <laughs> use of cars. It's going to be great. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, that's the first little tidbit of news regarding 2021. Um, that should be interesting. Now, this now this is this is a story that we haven't talked about very much on the podcast. We don't talk about Rallycross all that much on this podcast. We probably should because it's like yeah. the ultimate millennial motorsport. Because <laughs> if you like short form motorsport, you don't get much better than Rallycross. And one of its highest yes. forms is, well, was the Red Bull Global Rallycross Championship. It's not any. It's not going to be anymore. Yeah, we. What happened? Just just when we thought we were going to have a legit split, the split ended before it even started. <sighs> so, yes, Red Bull Global Rallycross, um, from, according to one of its former venues, Lancaster National Speedway in New York, um, Red Bull Global Rallycross is ceasing operations for 2018. And what doesn't help as well is that Red Bull Global Rallycross has taken down its entire events page, showing a blank placeholder page. Um, yeah, just looking over some stuff, apparently there is a pile of lawsuits involving GRC in various courts, including legal disputes between GRC and a team, venues, vendors, and the state of Michigan. Uh, venues like Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park in Connecticut haven't been paid for the uh, for the for what they were owed to host events. Um, Yikes! All this as um, Global Rallycross were thinking of cutting back, uh, going to effectively what is uh, TCR, but Rallycross, where basically you have uh, spec everything except the bodies, and that brought a lot of the top teams of what you knew from Global Rallycross into a new series. America's Rallycross, which is promoted by the same people who do the World and European Rallycross Championships. Mm, and pretty much all the big names that you associated with Global Rallycross went to America's Rallycross. Like Steve Arpin and Tanner Faust and iRacing superstar Scott Speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! But uh, gosh, like the the split is already dead. Um, yeah, and it's even been announced today that, that Arpin, that Steve Arpin's teaming up with Ken Block. So, oh lord, yeah, like pretty much the who's who of Rallycross decided, yeah, we're gonna be on this side of this split. Sounds promising, and uh, yeah, GRC is seemingly dead, and it's only the second saddest breakup this week. What happened to you, John Cena? Why are you so scared of commitment? It's, it's, not, it's not nice, uh, you know. The minimum like... race win by win by divert, reverse decision. this fight, this fight has now been changed to a no contest. At, at least we'll <laughs> always have Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan. They're wholesome and good. <laughs> they are, they are wholesome that's very, and good. That's very true. We could we could redo it with Bree and Daniel against Miss Maurice. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just just like like who who would like to hashtag punch his face? <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a very punchable face. Um, it's, a, it's a very very punchable face. Um, I've got some. I've got like. 60 seconds of GP3 series updates if anybody wants them. 
They had testing. Leonardo Pulsini is Italian, and he's very quick. It was just quicker than Callum Islet, who's on ART Grand Prix with, hang on, Nikita Mazepin? Yeah. The, came, the same Nikita Mazepin who uh, got into fisticuffs with Callum yep. Islet a couple years ago in Formula 3? Nikita Mazepin, Man. same guy who just was like, how times yep. have um, changed. <laughs> Tatiana Calderon finished 12th overall in the first day of testing. There are two Americans. Uh, there are two second-generation drivers, Juliano Lacey and Pedro Piquet. Um, and the series starts in Barcelona. That's your GP3 catch-up. Oh, and also, speaking about Barcelona, something's going to be here in time for Barcelona. It's finally Ooh. here. F1 oh. TV Pro. It's been 5,000 years. And I'm finally oh. free. Oh, stop fucking exaggerating, you bunch of entitled, smarmy American pricks. Screw the pair of you. I hate both of you so much right now. God, you people are insufferable. And yet he can take yes. you to a podcast of yours. <laughs> You're not much better, Zoe. And you're the only British theme person we have left on this show. And even then, it's Scottish, so it's like it doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah. Where do I come in? Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I'd say that Zoe Hamilton, much like Ed Jones, is in plucky Brit mode <laughs> this week. Oh. Oh, she count- oh, she counts on a technicality now, is it? Is that it? She's winning now, so therefore she counts. Hashtag Zoe Hamilton is not a struggling Scot. (laughs) That's famous no-time Centennial Cup champion, Zoe Hamilton. Um, (laughs) I I, I see how these people... I'm going to end up fighting everybody on this show. Everybody. Everyone's about to catch these hands. I think they do dumb hot takes a certain actual racing driver of the same nationality as me. Which one? <laughs> Thank you, Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell him, Floyd. What do you mean, Zoe's your least favorite sibling? <laughs> that dog really is something else. Holy shit! I think this dog's very excited about uh, Baku in two weeks' time. Yeah, Baku. Yeah. Somebody has to be. They He's thinking about all the birds he could chase there. <laughs> <sighs> That's true. That, um, but, final assessment of the um, of the Chinese Grand Prix. I give it three um, three and a half. Um, very ill timed overtaking opportunities out of five. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. Um, like, uh, also it's worth pointing as well as just Charles pointed out in the chat. Do a leap is performing. And Jamiroquai is performing during backups. That's going to be fun. Yep. Welcome to questionable country with. I mean, yeah, questionable country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just que- like you, you don't need to go any further than that, King. Just questionable country. Should yeah, Azerbaijan. Go a little side tangent about how Azerbaijan recently had the presidential elections. Uh, no. You know, <laughs> and how they extended the uh, the length of term to seven years instead of five? Because you know the last oh. the last the last election they got rid of term limits entirely. Huh. I mean, I'll also the that. last election, they accidentally re- released the results of the election the day before the election actually happened. Well done, <laughs> Baku! Be welcomed us. So that's, that's always fun. That's, that's, that's always fun. Um, <laughs> yay. 
Should I preview next week's bike live by, by any chance? Might as yes. well do that as well. We've got because the thing is, we've got another episode coming out later this week as well. Episode one thirty four, we'll be talking all about IndyCar. Uh, at Long Beach as Alex Rossi dominates and I mean really dominates the Grand Prix of Long Beach to beat win beat him down yeah, the, the, the words of beat him down ringing high in Southern California and, um, and Graham forgets a... how to break at the start yeah, yeah. fucking Graham Mr. Clean Racing here, yeah, but doesn't know how to break for turn one effectively well, well, well done Graham well, well, well done sir well, well, well done Great driving, sir. Like, like Ed Carpenter would be proud of that left-hand turning <laughs> ability. We also right have over 2,700 reasons why you should check out the highlights of the Romy Pre, which will also be involved in this episode. Yes. Uh, just just go dot the I's and cross the T's, but I'm 99% sure we'll get Hazel back on for that as and well, which is airport. bound to be fun. Yes, the, and, yeah. the Romy Pre, which featured more drama than... Brutus inviting a few mates for Vance with, with Caesar. Big if true. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a very dramatic uh, Rome Ypres to say these. We'll be talking all about that as well on the next episode later this week. And don't forget to check out Bike Live as well later this week as well. Uh, Double header this time around. British Superbikes back at Brands Hatch, the Indy layout. The nearest thing bike racing gets to an oval race. It's a fun time indeed. Shaky Burn on the board for the first time this season, beating Bradley Ray over the line for that one. And a very rain-affected race too. But Leon Haslam picked up his first win of the year. Elin's finest, as I like to call him, because he's a local boy. Um, Ali on Haslam. Um, so that's always fun. And World Superbikes in Aragon this past weekend. And the story of how I jinxed Chaz Davis in qualifying. No, seriously. You'll have to kind of watch. If you haven't already seen it, check out my Instagram page at Harrison101 and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Thanks, Greg Haynes. I blame you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, two very fun races there in Aragon. Chaz Davis and Jonathan Ray splitting wins. The Yamaha's in the mix. Michael Ruben Rinaldi in there as well uh, for his first uh, World Superbike proper debut. It was a good time for all involved. All the Super Sport action and the return of the absolutely flaming bonkers Super Sport 300 class, which is basically Moto 3 only a little bit slower and even more crazy. Um, so check that out if you haven't already. That'll be out later this week as well. Ooh, general housekeeping before we go. Also, I love that Pat has just joined our Discord to listen in on mute, and we're about to finish in like two <laughs> minutes' time. Well timed, well timed, Pat. But um, just before we go, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 um and our personal handles one more time at harrison 101 hd at ryan eric king at rj o'connell and at we zoe and if you really really like us you can back us on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 if you haven't already and check out the website motorsport 101.net we put a new like there's actually the two new articles will be up there by the time this goes out me talking about Martin Marquez in Argentina in the Orange Mr. Sens. And Zoe will have the next part of her series up for Phoenix tomorrow, most likely. Not um, Phoenix, it's so... going to be Long Beach. Oh, you, you skipped around. How, well, how dare you? Well, I kind of was too lost trying to get my words down on Jim Clark and then realised I hadn't written about Phoenix and the Long Beach race was, like, about to happen. 
Sigh. So unreliable on this show. It's so professional. Um, but but um, check those out as well if you haven't already. We'll be back later this week to talk IndyCar in Long Beach and the Formula E Rome E Prix, which was all sorts of crazy. So until later this week, I've been Andre Harrison. Thank you very much for listening. They have been Ryan King, RJ O'Connell and Zoe Hamilton. And, and that's that been Floyd, Floyd as well. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, thanks for listening and sayonara. Later, y'all! Bye. Bye. You are the world champion. I'm gonna shoot that door. <laughs> so RJ, Whoa. RJ, and that was Tasha's thing. Gonna be delightful. Oh, delightful! Ah, yes, brother Chase is going to render all of these other meek championships obsolete. Absolute. I was more of a Jeff Hardy fan myself. That's understandable.